The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is up? It's the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. Brandon Marcus here. Glad to have you along as the Los Angeles Clippers continue their winning ways, coming off a pretty impressive victory at New Orleans, a game in which the Clippers trailed early but ended up coming back to win that game by a score of 133-30. to Kawhi Leonard doing Kawhi Leonard things. He has just been absolutely sensational over the last five ball games. As the Clippers now, by the way, have won five of six. The sky was falling Remember when they lost that game to Memphis, giving up 140 points and then a very close game the next day against New York. But the Clippers have right the ship a bit since that loss to Denver, winning three in a row. And that win, by the way, yesterday was a big one because with the loss today by Denver, the Clippers have vaulted up to the number two seed in the Western Conference. On today's show, we're going to have Tomer Azarli on. Tomer has been on the show earlier in the year. He is a writer for Clutch Points app. You can follow him on Twitter at Tomer Azarly, T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. Also on Instagram as well. We'll talk to him about the Clippers, talk to him about PG, talk to him about Kawhi, talk about the defense and all things Clippers. But before we get to Tomer, I got to tell you that since today is Sunday, not sure if you're listening to this on Sunday night or maybe on Monday, Monday morning is when that bruise letter comes back, and you know when that bruise letter comes out, you know what's got to happen, right? You've got to go to your email and open it immediately. Aaron Brewski writes an email newsletter for the entire season, exclusive content you're not going to get anywhere else. It's not going to be something that you'll find on a podcast or online on the website or on Bruce Twitter. No, it's going to be straight to your inbox. Very easy to sign up if you haven't already. It's hoop-ball.com slash newsletter. Sign up in 10 seconds. That's hoop-ball.com. Dot com slash newsletter. And this podcast, like all our shows, brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at hawaiianisles.com, on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, or on Twitter at High Kona Coffee. And boy, have you been following all of the Hoop Ball Twitter accounts? Have you? Because there's one that popped up recently that is making some noise. That's Hoop Ball Gaming. They do a tremendous job breaking down all the games so you can bet on them. They're even giving you live in-game bets, and you say, well, I don't have an account. Oh, how about this? How about mybookie.ag? Put a few dollars on those games. Maybe follow these guys. If they're on a hot streak, which they have been at least to start, they'll have some losers, of course, like every single person, every single sharp does, but... You want some more winners than losers. Their goal is to get you a bank account that improves over a couple of weeks, months, years. And these guys are doing a tremendous job. Go ahead. Use the promo word CLIPPERS at mybookie.ag. That is the promo code promo code CLIPPERS. And mybookie will give you a 50% deposit up to $1,000. Head there now. That's mybookie.ag. Promo code is the word CLIPPERS. If you want to bet on the Super Bowl, do you like the Chiefs? Do you like Patrick Mahomes? Do you like Jimmy Garoppolo, how handsome he is? you think he's going to be the one that's lifting up that Lombardi trophy? Well, you can go put a few dollars on it. Guarantee you they're going to have some props up there as well. Maybe what color is the Gatorade going to be that gets dumped on the winning coach? Or is it going to be water? All those things you can bet on. Of course, these guys are also betting on basketball. They're betting on baseball, 
later on when that happens. They're going to be betting on hockey right now. They're betting on college basketball. So whatever you want to do, if you want to get into that gambling game, that's mybookie.ag. Now, why don't we talk some Clippers, huh? Let's go ahead. Let's bring on Tomer Azarli. All right, Tomer Azarli. Tomer is a guy that we talked to last time. I think he was just going to Hawaii, just coming back from Hawaii in October. And now here we are in mid-January. And life's not the same, right? I mean, you got Hawaii, you got Los Angeles, two very different places, right, Tomer? Oh, wow, I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, two very two very different um, uh, times for the Clippers, uh, two different times for myself. I was, you know, a bit, bit in cruise mode, uh, cruise control mode back there in Hawaii. Um, first time in Hawaii, so that was very fun, and now we're back to L.A. with the traffic and the, the smog and the endless, uh, you know, hot and cold weather-wise. Uh, it's not the worst though. There's been worse, so I can't I can't complain that much. Hot and cold is actually a, a very good way to describe the Clippers over the last couple of weeks. You see them get blasted by Memphis and then come back the next day and barely beat New York, and then all of a sudden they've now won five of six. Kawhi is red hot. But before we get to the Clippers and how good they have been recently, I'm going to start with something that made some noise on social media, Tomer, and that was Doc Rivers that came after you, calling you a nerd, essentially, for you doing some research, by the way. Not many reporters will do as in-depth of research as you do, and you decide to ask Doc, hey, you're in a stretch with one back-to-back in 47 days, and he said, you know what? I'm so proud of the studying you're doing. That's very impressive. Do you go out? (laughs) So Doc basically calling you a nerd. How did that feel? Did it hurt you inside? Uh, no, um, honestly it didn't. It it was a very fun, fun moment. I have to say because, um, Doc, Doc won the Rudy Tomjanovich award, which is the award coaches get for, uh, you know, being friendly and and courteous with the media and always giving answers that, you know, help us with our job. He knows our job. Mm -hmm. Um, and so over, I've been covering the team now for three and four years now. This is my fourth year. And, um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm one of the guys who's always at practice, uh, always at home games, pre-game interviews, post-game interviews in the locker room. So, uh, Doc has a good sense for who I am. Uh, you know, we've 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 talked hundreds of times probably, and um, this is just a little fun moment. You know, the, the Clippers were feeling good. He was feeling good. They came off a win. Um, I, I I think that the back-to-back is a bit of a touchy subject because I don't think he likes that Kawhi has to sit out some of those right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he just decided to make fun out of it. And uh, honestly, I didn't take it in a bad way at all. It was it was it was awkward for just a tiny second, honestly. Uh, and then and then you know you just you just get the humor of it and it, you just can't take it seriously. It was, it was all in fun. Nothing meant uh, no, nothing you know harmful meant by it. And everyone laughed. Everyone. A bunch of the media I talked to after were like, "Wow, that was a pretty cool moment with you. That's a pretty that's a highlight right there." So, honestly, I, I didn't think much of it negatively. It was a really fun moment. I enjoyed it, and I'm sure it was very unexpected, right? I mean, you were expecting him just to answer your question, and then he decided to kind of make it personal, which is fun. That that was something that I'm sure your emotions. I guess you were were you confused at first? Were you surprised? What, what were you feeling at that moment? Um, it was a bit of. Uh, I don't. I don't know if embarrassment is the right word, but I was taken aback by it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I, I have to correct this because because I, I the Knicks Grizzlies back to back was so bad in terms of they gave up like 272 points in like a two game stretch, mm-hmm. uh, barely won one of the games that I completely slipped my it completely slipped my mind that that was one of the back to backs. So it was actually two back to backs in 47 days, which makes you look a little worse. But I just have to be honest about that one. It's two in 47, not one in 47. But still, um, yeah, I just. I, 
I got a little red, I think, but but it was it was it was fun. It wasn't anything malicious. It, I was taken aback by it, um, and then the more I thought about it, I was like, that was pretty funny. Um, once we once the interview ended, I I went up to Doc and I was like, so you just felt like having a field day with me today, huh? I was like, hey, I just appreciate your studying, and uh, you know, it's it's always fun. So um, again, it was just it was just a fun moment, a highlight, uh, one of my highlights so far. Um, that I really enjoyed. Well, I was taken aback by it, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's great. I'm sure when you were growing up watching the Celtics and Doc Rivers, I'm not sure you envisioned a moment where you'd be in a press conference with the same Doc Rivers asking him a question, and he feels so comfortable with you that he's able to make a joke like that. It's, it's pretty cool when you think of it like that, where you grew up watching him, and now you're with him in that same exact room, able to have that type of relationship. No, that is that is the exact way I thought about it um, because I, I started getting into basketball in the mid two thousands, really getting into it in the mid two thousands, um, you know, and then he took over the Celtics in the late two thousands, and I was watching him there, and then um, you know when I walked out of the interview, I was like, holy crap, did I just get clowned on by an NBA <laughs> coach, let alone Doc Rivers? Like what? Like I texted a couple of my my best friends that I was like, what the hell just happened? And I was talking to some of the media after, and it was again, it was just a really fun moment all around. No one took it maliciously or anything like that. It was just really fun. Um, yeah, but but that definitely crossed my mind. Like, uh, did 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 Doc Rivers really just clown me like in front of everyone on TV? Like that's that awesome. happened? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so th- yeah, that that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into the actual play of the Clippers. So yesterday, I was worried watching the Clippers just give up. Point after point after point. I think they have 80 points in the first half. Um, it was 80, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, here we go again. It's it's the defense that was a problem. We were just talking about that back-to-back with Memphis and New York where you correctly said they give 272, 141 night, 132 the next. And then you go and give 80 to New Orleans, a team that, by the way, does not have Drew Holiday um, in the lineup. And he is really the engine that makes that team go. I'm going to talk about the defense because I know there's a lot of positives right now with the Clippers, but the defense is something that is clearly sticking out and has been noticed by everybody that watches this team. What do you think is going wrong? Because they have the parts in guys like Kawhi and PG. I know not playing together at times. Pat Beverly, Mo Harkless is now hurt. What do you think the issue is? Because they have a lot of guys who are good defensively. Um... I think one of the one of my significant issues with this team is that Ivica Zubac is not playing enough mm-hmm. um, minutes. Like I think in that first half he played uh, just under nine minutes, eight fifty seven, um, and they gave up what was it, uh, eighty points on sixty two percent shooting. Yeah, sixty three percent shooting. So um, I think a lot of it was just uh, around the rim. Like for example, the points in the paint were twenty eight. They shot fourteen of sixteen in the paint. That the Pelicans did in that first half, and it just feels like a lot of the points are coming uncontested. Especially, I think, especially once Zubat subs out and they they go to a more offensive based lineup with with Trez and Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams. Um, so I think I'd like to see Zubats play more because he's he's a really good rim defender, and not only is it just in the shot blocking department because he's had a couple games this year already with a career high five blocks. Uh, but it's more of the the you know sh- changing shots around the basket and making making players think a little bit more about how they want to do they want to arc it higher do they want to go around him do they want to go under him and th- those kind of things really affect shots and I think the Clippers we've seen them they've been able to at least early in the season make their make their stamp you know get their stamp on defense where where even if their offense wasn't going like there was a game against the Spurs a game against the Bucks a game against the Rockets I think where. 
it was the Celtics, excuse me, where their offense wasn't really running smoothly, but their defense was a staple that, you know, you could you could rely on them to get a stop and then hopefully in transition or in the secondary transition, um, you can get a, you can get a basket out of that. And I think they've lost a little bit of that. And maybe some of that has to do with some of the January aspect of, of the season where, uh, I mean, let's face it, it's it's the dog days of the season where we're about two and a half, three weeks away from the trade deadline. I think I think people have a good idea of who this team will be in the postseason. Um, uh, but it's just a matter of getting there. Like this team was built for April, May, and June. This team was not built for December and, da- and January. Now you have to get through December and January to get to the playoffs. And I think these minutes and this this time together is important um, to, to towards building chemistry. But um, one of the other issues they've had is continuity, where they really have not had any continuity in terms of having guys in the lineup. They've played one game healthy all season, and that was the Christmas Day game against the Lakers. Uh, the next game against the Jazz a couple of days later, Montrezl Harrell, that was like the flu game for the Clippers, where Montrezl Harrell missed the game with the flu. He left the arena early. Uh, Paul George dealt with the flu that game. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard was really feeling the effects of the flu. Uh, and they just played sloppy. And from there on out, you know, Rodney missed a game, and then Trez missed a game, and then Lou missed a game, and then Pat had the sprain that game as well, the, the wrist sprain. Um, and now we have Paul George's hamstring strain. So it's like this team just can't seem to get healthy. I think Paul's game count missed now is at 18 games. Paul's missed 18 games this year. Uh, Kawhi's missed, I believe it's 12 this year. Rodney Magruder's at like 13. Shamit's at like 18. So there's just been a lot of key guys that have missed a lot of time, and uh, you know, you put together the fact Zoo isn't playing well. They've had zero continuity in terms of playing together for a long period of time, and the fact that it's sort of the dog days of January. Uh, I think it's just it's just uh, it's just a stretch the Clippers have to get through right now. They have to once they get to the the uh, All Star break. Um, I think that's when you'll see them start to ramp it up. They ha- they'll have that week off to get healthy, um, get you know recover a bit, and then prepare for the second half of the season. And I think that's where we'll have a better idea of what this team will be and, and can do uh, in April, May, and June. So what I'm gathering from you is that you think, for the most part, that this team just needs to get healthy and that the defense, they need to get reps together. You need Beverly, Kawhi, and PG on the floor together with Harkless or whoever else is going to be out there, whether it's Zoo or it's going to be Trez, it's going to be Lou Williams. You need these guys to be on the floor together. And if you're able to do that, then kind of the defense will sort itself out because guys will know where they need to be. They'll be used to each other. And then when we get to the playoffs then it should be fine because, like you said, this team really is built for the postseason, and there's a reason why this team has beaten the Lakers twice because they are built for games like that where they need to compete and go all out and win those types of games. So is is that correct And assuming that, for the most part, it's really just about getting healthy? Uh, I, I really think it is. I just... I, I... This team, I think, whenever when they were assembled, everyone knew that this would be a really, or they thought this would be a really good defensive team. Uh, with Zubat's improvement, he lost some weight. He got better this offseason. Uh, you know, obviously the 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 staples in in Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly in the lineup. Um, those guys are ferocious defenders. Um, I I will have to add though. I think um, you know if I had to look at, I think I think they're missing a bit of a a playmaker. I want to say a guy that can get. Paul and Kawhi, um, and even Lou and Trez some shots. Mm-hmm. Um, Lou, Lou's, Lou's catch-and-shoot numbers have been actually pretty good this year, um, but he's the guy who always has the ball in his hand, so his catch-and-shoot numbers, he doesn't shoot as much mm-hmm. in the catch-and-shoot variety. Uh, he's always creating for himself, creating for Trez or PG and Kawhi. Um, 
you know, we've seen Kawhi operates a lot in the isolation, you know, off pick and rolls where he creates for guys like Zubats, where he kicks out to guys. And um, what we've seen from Paul anyways is that his numbers, at least a couple weeks ago from when I last checked, when he last played, his his percentage of baskets that he was making that were assisted, like, um, you know, his baskets were assisted from other guys. Um, they were way up from last year when he played with Russell Westbrook, which tells me that he's getting a lot more catch-and-shoot uh, shots. He's getting the ball in much better positions than he did last year. Um, so there are signs that this, this this team can come together. We've seen them play really well together. We've seen the Laker game. We've seen games against the Celtics and Rockets earlier in the year when they were shorthanded even that they can get get it done. Uh, but again, they're 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 struggling with health right now. That they can't seem to get healthy, um, and I think it just it's just a, you just need to get through these dog days. Get to um, you know past the trade deadline, past the All Star break. Maybe look at the buyout market at a potential Darren Collison or maybe Jeff Teague ends up being waived. I'm not really high on a Jeff Teague type of guy, but any kind of playmaker you can get to maybe help facilitate and get some more open looks in the offense, I think would help them. What would be your ideal trade? I'm sure you haven't really thought about it completely in depth, but what type of guy would you like to acquire for this team? Or do you think this team doesn't need to make an acquisition? I mean, you just said that you'd like to see another ball handler. We've heard that the Clippers need another big, which I don't think is true. I think they just need to play Zoo more minutes and because they have him on the roster. I think they'll be fine. What would your be yeah. your ideal acquisition and what type of trade? Because I've seen Harkless has been in uh, some potential offers that we've seen as just rumors. What do you think? Um, well, if we had to look at some guys, I think um, a playmaker is definitely needed. I don't know if it's needed as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say Harkless is um, – He's been really streaky as a shooter, and and when he's on the court, especially with guys like Kawhi, PG, Lou, you need him to be able to make that open three, and he hasn't been able to make that on a consistent basis. He'll game, he'll have games where he makes it two or three, and then he'll have games where he doesn't make any. And I don't think you can have that. I think you need a much more reliable shooter, and I think that's why he's come up in the in some trade talks because if he's an expiring contract, um, and he's just not getting the job done, I think as much as people would like him to. Mm-hmm. Now they could decide to, to stand pat, and he'd be fine, but. Um, if I had to look at some guys, I think Marcus Morris would be the obvious one. Um, he's, he's a he's a talented guy who's shooting, I think, still pretty astronomical numbers from beyond the arc. I think he's tailed off a bit back down to earth, but he's still shooting really well from beyond the arc. Uh, he's also a guy you could throw at LeBron, at, maybe at AD in, in, a, in a small small unit, um, and just, just make it a bit tougher on them. Not, not necessarily stop them, but make it a little tougher. Um, another couple guys, like I talked to, uh, Justin Russo is, you know, does some good stuff on Twitter mm-hmm. and Patreon for the Clippers. Um, you know, Nemanja Bielitsa from the Kings uh, is also an interesting guy. He's a, he's a four-man who really can shoot the ball. Um, I don't know if the Kings are willing to part with him, but the Kings have like five power forwards or four power forwards, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they'd be willing to part with him. Uh, it depends on what, you know, how you make the salaries match. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't know if a trade for Iguodala really makes sense for this team because... I just don't see it. I think I think defensively they're okay. I think Adala could take on a playmaker role. I think that'd be interesting. Maybe he could, um, you know, he could be hitting the clutch shots at the end of games, or he could be creating for other guys and then locking down defensively. But I just don't know what he has left, so that remains to be seen. Um, I can't. I, I'm sure there's other guys as well. Like maybe Bogdanovich could, could uh, from the Kings could be interesting. Um, there's a couple guys around there. I think that you could, you could. Uh, trade for to improve the roster but i think what the clippers will will do is probably seek out help in the buyout market 
uh, once the trade deadline is, is passed and guys are willing to, you know, <clears throat> give up some of the money to get bought out and join a contender, I think that's where we'll see the Clippers make some additions because uh, if they make some moves, uh, again, they they have they have some decisions to make in terms of Montrezl Harrell and what they want to do with him this summer. So maybe that influences their decision to maybe go for a player that fits their team better now, uh, even though the value won't be the same. Um as maybe like a major playmaker, like a major four guy who can shoot and stretch the floor out. Uh, and maybe they'll end up playing Zubats more. So it just it just depends on what their needs are. But again, I, I think guys like Marcus Morris, uh, Nemanja Bielitsa would be interesting. And um, maybe even Rashawn Holmes, for example, from the Kings. I, I hate to name so many Kings, but Rashawn Holmes is an energy guy who, although he doesn't do it as well as Montrezl Harrell, uh, he's he's he would be a great fit on this team where he does all the energy work and uh, has developed a, a decent offensive game. He's not great, but he has a decent offensive game, a respectable game down low in the post. Um, so yeah, those are just some guys I, I think uh, the Clippers could look into. But again, buyout market is probably what what they'll look at. But who knows what they'll do? They they operate in silence. For all I know, they could make some big trade tomorrow morning, and all of this will be wash. So yeah, it's true. They they have seemed to make the Tobias Harris trade and the Blake Griffin trade without anybody having any inkling that it was going to happen. And uh, you brought up Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes, a hoop ball favorite. So uh, well done there. He's a guy that is tremendous defensively and has done a really good job in the pick and roll this year for the Kings. Um, he's been a very important part of what they're doing. And frankly, I'd be surprised. Um, if they don't lock him up, because he's a guy, it's funny because the Suns had Holmes and they had Aiton, and it turns out that really Holmes is a cheaper option than Aiton, and frankly, pretty close to the production in terms of what if you look at the two of them. We've talked about him a lot on uh, on Hoopball, but that's neither here nor there. I, the one thing that'll be interesting, Tomer, is that I'll be curious to see if the Clippers maybe do a deal for Rob Covington. I know it's going to take a lot, which is why you bring up Montrezl Harrell. I'd be curious to see if they do something like Covington and Gorgie Jang or something um, and, and put Montrezl Harrell on a deal. I still don't think that Trez gets traded. I think he fits in too well with this team. And I think based on chemistry, it just doesn't make sense to get rid of a guy like that that works as hard as he does. And he and Lou Williams work so well together in that second unit. I don't think it makes sense to break them up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but definitely, I do think that, like you said, I, I would be surprised if something is done in the trade market, more so something perhaps done when they add somebody in the buyout market, like you said. Uh, yeah. I want to bring up Kawhi because you put out some good numbers the other day um, in terms of what Kawhi has done recently. And in the last five games, averaging 36 points, Five and a half rebounds, four assists, nearly three steals, about 33 minutes, shooting 57%, about 43% from three, and about 86% from the free throw line. And the Clippers are four and one. Why do you think this is happening now? I mean, is it really just the fact that Kawhi, you think, is getting healthier? Because is it maybe he's getting more adjusted to the offense? Is it all of it? What are you seeing? Uh, I mean, I think the Clippers had that four-day break between the back-to-back with the Knicks and the Grizzlies, and they had that four days off against the Warriors. Um, and the Warriors game is the first game of that solid five-game stretch for him. Um, you know, so those probably did wonders for his knees and, and his health, uh, just being able to take a couple of days to, 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 you know, I think from those four days off, uh, Doc Rivers literally let the guys, I think, just um, rest the first two days. No practice. Like, if they wanted to come in the facility and get some treatment done, they could. But it wasn't really any practice work done until the, the, the final two days of, of the uh, four-day break. And, um, 
I know. Look, I, I'm not. You you can't be naive and say that the opponents don't have something to do with it because the Pelicans have not been a great defensive team. Uh, Orlando, Cleveland, um, Golden State. They're not. They're not great. Um, but the, you can't deny that that Leonard is absolutely getting it done uh, on both ends and doing it uh, efficiently. I think that's the key part that he's been really efficient in the last six game stretch. Like dude, this is what we saw from him in the playoffs. Uh, you know, shooting, averaging 36, 37 points on about 55% shooting uh, and nailing the three. So I think, I think Leonard just really enjoyed that four-day break. Uh, I think they're, they have a, you know, they had a back-to-back days off now, and then they'll play the Mavericks uh, on Tuesday. And I'm assuming he'll be sitting out Wednesday against the Hawks because that's an out-of-conference game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll probably see him stay fresh for that one with the Dallas and then a couple of days off in the Miami on the road trip. So, um yeah, I just think the four days off they had has, have worked wonders for him. I also think he's really found a rhythm. Uh, it took some time for everyone to mesh together. Uh, if you remember before Paul came back, Kawhi was playing pretty well offensively. He was finding a groove with some of the guys. So I think once Paul came back, it took a little extra to figure out how to operate and how to play together better. And now that Paul's out, we're seeing some of that early season Kawhi where he can take over offensively um, and also create for others. So, um yeah, I think that's pretty much what what it's uh, attributed to. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And earlier in the season, it seems like we saw Kawhi start the game two of seven, whether it was three of nine, and then he would turn it up a gear later on in the game, and his field goal percentage would normalize. And I know people were worried because he was struggling from three. He wasn't making his shots. But as the season has gone on, it does seem like he is getting healthier. Like you said, that rest has definitely helped. There's no doubt about it. Um, the one thing I'll be uh-huh. curious to see, Tomer, is how does he fit in with PG when PG comes back? Because a lot of this is being done with PG on the sidelines. Uh, I know that these two have played together several times this season, but you wonder if that kind of ruins Kawhi's groove and these two take some more time to try and figure each other out when PG does get back. Do you anticipate that being something that could be a concern? Well, I'll tell you, if it does ruin Kawhi's uh, groove, I, he will absolutely welcome it happening now as opposed to happening in April, May, or possibly June. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go through the tough time and the struggles now. Like You want to go through these slumps uh, as you figure it out now um, so that you can have it all ironed out by the time you get to the playoffs. Um, I think there will be a bit of a, an adjustment period because um, you know prior to his injury, Paul was shooting about – about what he was shooting last year, 40% from beyond the arc on about 10 attempts, uh, which was just incredibly good. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier on the pod, he, he, he's getting a lot of his shots off passes from other guys. He's not creating an isolation. Um, <clears throat> so I think Paul's found a groove with some of the other guys, uh, like Lou and like Trez, but I think, I think it'll be important for him to play a lot more with Kawhi, and it will be an adjustment period. Um, just to, just to figure out each other's spots. Like I think they've played. I, th- I want to say eighteen games together. I, I don't know if that's right, but 18, 18 or nineteen games together. Um, and, and that's just not enough to to really know how you how you play with someone. So mm-hmm. I think hopefully Paul can return towards the tail end of this road trip and have the stretch before the All Star break and after the All Star break to really figure each other out and know how they want to play. Where each player likes it, likes uh, you know, which spots they like on the floor more. Um, I, I think Kawhi's really figured out with the rest of the guys like Lou, Trez, Pat, Landry, uh, how they like it. I think Paul also figured out uh, a good two-man punch with with uh, with Trez and uh, Zubats when uh, when Kawhi was missing some games here and there. 
but again, it's just a matter of piecing it all together. Yeah. I know Doc Rivers, like I've asked him before, and he doesn't want this this offense to be a, a you know my turn, your turn sort of thing. Like Paul George goes one time, then now Kawhi goes one time. He wants it to flow. He wants to just get get baskets in, in the flow of the offense. Like if, if it's Kawhi getting a shot, fine. If it's Paul getting a shot, fine. But don't make it too isolation based. Uh, and that's going to take time. They they might lose some games out of this. They might, uh, you might see some tough shooting percentages uh, coming out of these games. But th- uh, they really will be working on figuring it out the next couple of weeks. Yeah, ISO balls when you get in trouble, and when you start going to uh, Kawhi just holding the ball for the entire possession, when you have guys that can move the ball and you do it so well, and you have so many shooters on the floor. I mean, it just makes too much sense to run your offense, even if it's late in games. I want to bring something up with you, Tomer, that I don't think really has been discussed yet, um, at least not a whole lot. And early in the season, we had obviously the injuries with PG, had the injury with Kawhi with his knee, and there was load management with Kawhi. He's been taking every back-to-back one of the two games off. But oddly enough, there was no real load management with PG, and he was the one that had shoulder surgery on both shoulders, and someone that is playing a lot of minutes, and for some reason it doesn't seem like they're sitting him at all, and now he's hurt again. A, do you think that maybe they should have rested him a little bit more earlier in the season? And B, do you anticipate possibly him being load-managed once he comes back so that they make sure he's healthy for the playoffs? Uh, if I'm being honest, he, he I think he suffered that hamstring strain against, uh, I want to say against Sacramento on no, no, sorry, it was Detroit on Thursday, January 2nd, the new year. Mm-hmm. He suffered for the ham... No, it wasn't hamstring strain. It was, it was uh, diagnosed as hamstring tightness is what it was called. And so he sat out, you know, he, that was that game was on Thursday. He sat out the Saturday game against Memphis, at which they lost in, in embarrassing fashion. And I think there was a bit of an uh, emergency feeling within the team. You know, Trez made the comments that he made to the media. People were, were thinking, okay, everything's falling apart in Clipperland. And I think Paul just wanted to play... And, and sort of, you know, just weld things back together. Get a win, quiet all the noise, and then take this four-day break off where you can um, recover and then get ready for the Warriors that Friday. Uh, and I think, you know, I talked to him. He said he hasn't – he said he came out of that Knicks game fine. He didn't aggravate anything. And uh, um, the the Clippers were saying that he aggravated his uh, hamstring strain in practice mm-hmm. on Wednesday, like three days after that game. I don't know how much of that is true, honestly. I don't think the fact that he wasn't load-managed earlier in the year has much to do with it. Um, because, again, he was able to keep his conditioning up. He was able to work on his lower body. It was the upper body that was an issue. Um, and I think he really wanted to, to, to find a groove and, and, and gain some confidence in his shoulders offensively. Like I, I, I've talked to him multiple times because his shot selection has really been more outside of the paint based as opposed to last year where he was really a force inside the paint. And he said, I think we've all seen this, where he said that he's still regaining confidence in his shoulders, um, you know, being okay mentally with taking contact and you know, hitting the ground and being like, you know what, I'm okay. I can get up and get back on D and we'll be fine. There's no worry about injuring the shoulder again. Um, and so I think that's why he wanted to play as much as he could. <clears throat> now, again, they said he injured it Wednesday in practice. I don't know if that's true. I feel like playing him against the Knicks was probably something that affected it because if he didn't play against the Knicks, he would have had about nine days off, nine days to rest it. Whereas he he had uh, only three or four days before the Warriors game, so um, I don't anticipate them load managing him necessarily. Uh, but I do think you know, regardless of what happens, health is the number one priority. So once we get to late March, 
Uh, we have a better idea how the standings will sit. Maybe it's against an Eastern Conference opponent. Um, we might see them uh, sit out a couple games. Like, for example, I know they have uh, Chicago uh, late in April. So we probably won't see them play that game unless they absolutely need it. Uh, there's a game against the Warriors, for example. I don't know if we'll need to see them then. Um, but these are all things we'll have to determine down the line because we don't know what seating will look like. Uh, but but I, I know that he, he wants to play. He doesn't want to load manage because uh, he really wants to find a groove offensively with, with this team. Yeah, that makes sense. So there are five games left on this road trip. Dallas on Tuesday, Atlanta Wednesday, Miami Friday, Orlando Sunday, and then the Lakers on Tuesday. So five games left. Do we care how they do in the final five record-wise? And also, what's your prediction for the final five games record-wise? You think you're going to go four and one, five and zero, oh, three and two? What are you thinking? I mean, well, you, you always care. You always care. I mean, you can't put too much importance on it. Yeah, does it um, matter more? Is is the better way to phrase that? Yeah, I mean, look, you you want to play well. You want to develop a rhythm. You want to lock down defensively. Like I think the last time they played the Mavericks uh, in Dallas. They had a terrific game plan to slow down Luka Doncic, and I think held him to, I want to say, 8 of 20 shooting or something like that for only 22 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 isn't nothing, but for Luka, it's 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 a pretty good night uh, to hold him to that many, many points. Um, you know, I, I, assuming Kawhi plays Dallas, he'll obviously, I mean, I don't want to say obviously, but I'm going to assume that he sits out against the Hawks on Wednesday. Um, the Hawks present some, some interesting situations to me because... Trey Young is is, is tr- sort of Trey Young and the Hawks and the rest of the guys. You don't know what you're going to get from the rest of the guys on a nightly basis, but that feels like a game to me where um, Trey Young and the rest of the Hawks sort of show up and um, really really give it to the Clippers. Uh, so I anticipate them beating Dallas to start off. I anticipate a loss in Atlanta. Uh, I anticipate a loss in Miami as well because Miami is, uh, if I'm not correct, I think he's eight. They're eighteen and one at home. Their loss being a controversial uh, end-of-game situation to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So it's like no one's beating Miami at home right now. Maybe that changes. Maybe that doesn't. I don't think it will. I think they'll drop that one to Miami. Um, uh, I think they do beat Orlando on, on Sunday um, just because they really match up well with that team. Um, <clears throat> right now, Paul George is not with the team. Uh, and I think he's back in Los Angeles rehabbing his, his hamstring strain. We'll see if he joins the team. I don't know if he will. Yeah. Uh, Mo Harkless has been injured with a back with sore back uh, a sore back right now. Hopefully he's back by maybe the Miami game or, or Sunday for the Orlando game. Um, and then I do not think they win the uh, game against the Lakers. I think the Lakers uh, the Lakers needed the Christmas Day game, and we saw how all hell broke loose once they lost that. Um, I, I don't even know if Paul George will be ready for that, let alone, you know, if, if, if it's his first game back, you can't expect him to play very well. He'll probably be in a minutes limit as well. So don't know what, what you can really expect from him. And I expect the Lakers to just come out you know, at home, guns blazing. Um, guys are probably fired up. Like, they, they won't admit it publicly, but they're fired up from the first two losses, um, especially the fans are as well. So I think fans will be rowdy. The, the Lakers players will be, will be excited. And I think the Lakers... Um, Again, depending on what happens with AD, though, maybe AD is not ready by then. I anticipate he will be because he's traveling with the team. He's he's been practicing here and there. Yeah. Uh, I think they lose that game. The, the Clippers do. So, I have a, a win against Dallas, a loss against Atlanta, a loss against Miami, a win against Orlando, and a loss against the Lakers. So two and three the rest of the way, meaning a three and three road trip in total. 
meaning that you will have panic immediately when they get back from that road trip because you know that if they oh, go absolutely. if they go 2 and 3 over these next 5 games then leading up to that home game against Sacramento on Thursday the 30th there would be outright panic but i think it could be interesting because if you don't have Kawhi and you don't have PG in that game against Atlanta you're right i mean between Trey Young and John Collins and Kevin Huerter they have some guys that uh, are going to compete and uh, they want to beat the clippers all right where can everybody find you uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tomera Zarly. That's T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. Um, I love to engage with, with fans. You guys can just give me a follow. I really appreciate it. Follow some of my work. Um, and, yeah, if you, I mean, again, if you guys have any questions about the Clippers, I love engaging with fans So, because um, I was one myself. So, yeah, that's where you guys can find me. Sweet. And they can read you at the Credential Points app. Uh, at, at Clutch Points. Clutch, Clutch Points, point. sorry. Yeah. Clutch Points Clutch app. Point there you go. Um, I was thinking credential because yeah, I'm our, a media member. There you go. Clutch <laughs> Points app. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, Clutch Points, our, our Twitter, we had some issue there, but that should be back up soon. But um, yeah, I post links to, to our, my articles all the time whenever I write them. I probably have one coming out tomorrow or Tuesday uh, about Montrose Harrell and some of the situations they have looking ahead with him. So um, yeah, you guys can find it on, on Clutch Points. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Mostly on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. Tomer, thanks for the time. Brandon, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. Can't believe it's been the first time since Hawaii. I know. Got to get back there. But we appreciate you having back on. Hopefully we'll have you on soon. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Tomer Azarli. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tomer Azarli. He's a guy that knows a lot about the Clippers. Like he said, he used to be a fan, and now he's got the privilege of covering the team for Clutch points app you can follow them on twitter at clutch points app you can follow me on twitter at bd marcus at hoopball clips is the twitter handle for this podcast we appreciate you listening if you've got a chance go ahead go and give us a five star rating review the podcast as well leave us that review it means a lot it helps the podcast a lot if we can grow it that would be outstanding and as always Hit me up on Twitter if there's a guest you want to have on, and uh, I'll reach out to him, and we'll try and uh, talk some Clippers basketball with some more people. Coming up with the Clippers, it'll be Luka Doncic on Tuesday before Atlanta on Wednesday, and ideally, we're going to try and have a podcast for you on Wednesday. Actually, part of me is going to be on Thursday after that back-to-back with Dallas and Atlanta. Big thank you to Tomara Zarley for hopping on. I'm Brandon Marcus saying so long, and we're going to talk to you next time on the Hoopball Clippers podcast. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.